When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X.com. What's up, everyone? It's the Cheat Sheet number six, and we're talking about the top five teams to never win a title. I thought this would be a good good subject. I've been talking a lot about the singles division in a handful of these already. I thought we need to switch it up for the teams, and I thought with the tournament coming up, we're going to find who's going to challenge Corruption or the Founding Fathers for the title at Spectacular after that Orlando live event next month. Uh, and I just want to kind of look back on some of the teams that also had a shot at the title previous. That, that's going to be on my list. I got five teams here that I that I put together a list. But I do have some honorable mentions that I'm going to get out, uh, get out right now. Uh, you got to look at, let's look at, Modoc, aka Rotten Tomatoes, remember them? Uh, they were they finished five in five, and you know they got they played the Patriots for the title. Uh, didn't quite work out. Um, I think everyone remembers them being in character, the Rocky and Bullwinkle stuff. That didn't exactly uh, turn out to be the best plan to stay in character. They also had a tough match against Above the Line, and that was to play the Patriots again. Above the Line. Had lost to the Patriots at Spectacular the year prior. They have a number one, a number one contender match with Modoc. They, you know, Modoc loses that, and that was kind of it for them. Uh, but 
that's my one of my honorable mentions. My other uh, mention here is Team Trek. They also had a bout with the Patriots. You know, they finished their their run at four and four. Uh, another team, the Harris Brothers. I got them as an honorable mention. They finished three and two. And then I think my number sixth honorable mention that did not make the list is Team Action. They finished with a record of six and four before they blew up. Before they put each other through tables and smacked each other with chairs. Uh, I have them at number six as a, my honorable mention. And it was, I thought for a second I was going to have them in the top five. But when I looked at the other teams that I have on this list, I just couldn't justify it. Uh, there's actually only one team on my top five that hasn't had a shot at the title. I mean, Team Action didn't have a shot Either only Trek and Modoc in my honorable mentions did. Now, I'm going to go ahead and start with my number five team to have, or to not win a title, right? So, number five, I have top that Eric Goldman and Jim Vavita. These guys are really good. And had they been more available, I think they could have been really, really good. And also... Had they known the game, uh, I think they would have been really, really good. I don't. I, I think if Top That doesn't give Top Ten Westerns in that match, it was I forget what was it twenty seventeen to start the year off. It was between Top Ten and Top That tough matchup for both teams. And if Top That doesn't give Top Ten Westerns, I don't know that. It's more of a. It was still a very close match for for top that and top ten. It was a great match. It was actually the the first time two teammates, John Roca and Matt Nost, both went perfect in the first round. No team has done that in a single match. Any actually for that reason for top ten. I'm sorry, top that giving westerns, um, top ten the category. I almost wanted to leave them off. The list, but when you look at their accuracy rate of nearly seventy-eight percent, earning seventy-five percent of their points, their their victories all came via knockout, two TKOs, and I know I, up there I don't have, I only have one up there, but it's two TKOs, one knockout, uh, all three of their victories by knockout, and then I, I think their best win would have to be DC Movie News when they won twenty-four to twenty. It was later on; it was the, you know their last win. And they actually answered almost 83% of their questions, earning 80%. And like I said, had they just known the game a little bit more, had they been, I think, a little more invested, had they known what the Schmodown was really about, I think they could have been really, really good. Really good. And they, this was a scary team. Jim Vavita, very good. I think you know everyone was kind of waiting for him to make the jump to singles, and that never happened. Eric Goldman, I think, maybe he could have took a took a swing at inner geekdom. This team could have been really good, but we will never know now, especially with everything that everything they have going on, uh, which is pretty much the reason why we haven't seen them back, I would like to assume. It could be other factors, I'm not sure, but it, it was hard not to leave them in my top five just because they were so good and so knowledgeable, I had to leave them, uh, at least had to put them at top five, certainly over team action. 
Um, just because Team Action back then, I mean, near the end of their run, I think they got a lot better, but Top That was just uh, a couple steps ahead of Team Action. Although I think it would have been an interesting match because Team Action very good at the strategy, very good at knowing their opponent. Top That just shows up, answers questions, and sometimes they hand you favorable categories in the second round, and maybe that would have happened between a Top That Team Action match. Who knows? But let's let's go on to number four, and number four is, I don't know, this might surprise some people, just given the hype around this team that, and they haven't really delivered. And I'm gonna put number four is Founding Fathers. Now they've played five matches, um, they have an accuracy rate or a record really of three and two, accuracy rate of nearly seventy nine percent. They have uh, three knockouts to their name, two TKOs, one knockout, so that's all three of their victories, just like top that. And I think their best win to date would have to be uh, over Double Toasted down in Houston. That was a knockout win, 24-9, in which Founding Fathers answered 81% of their questions and earned 80%. They were they were on fire. They had steals. They had the spins go their way. Uh, definitely their best match to date. And now they got to try... And follow it up with another match against Corruption down in Orlando, which is going to be a huge, huge match. We all know the stipulation at this point that if the Founding Fathers do not win, then they break up. That's it. But if they win, obviously they're going to have to defend at Spectacular. It's going to be a crazy match. Now, when you Founding Fathers, to me, had has a lot of hype. Obviously, with Dan Merle, one of the greatest players of all time, if not the greatest singles division player of all time. You have John Roca, who's been uh, a champion in both singles and in teams. They have them at number four, obviously, just because of their numbers. And if they can beat Corruption, obviously, they're off this list, and they go to another list of champions, which would be interesting to place them because... I do think they're better than the odd couple, and I think, I don't know, what I, what I put them, see, if you talk about just pure knowledge, pure on that kind of sense, I think they're one of probably maybe top three all time, maybe four, in terms of everyone that's held the belt between, you know, obviously I think Founding Fathers are better than Schmoes, I think Founding Fathers is better than top ten when they did it, so... They would instantly be better than a lot of uh, a few other teams near the bottom of that list of champions. But to see them not have a title shot yet and have to go this route of cashing in, Dan Merrill cashing in his title shot to get one, is a bit interesting. Uh, and I something I didn't really anticipate. I thought they would have gotten there, and I think they would have thought that they would have gotten there the natural way of just winning your matches and, and getting that shot. Just didn't happen, and so now here we are. But it's going to be a lot of fun down in Orlando. I can't wait for that match. I, I am going to pick Founding Fathers just because it's got to be extremely difficult to beat a team with Dan Merle three times in a row. And I think John Roca will come prepared as ever. Corruption with Mike Kalinowski and Chance Allison. Chance playing great this year. So is Mike, but he's kind of all over the place. It'll be interesting to see where he's at, though, at that point in regards to the singles tournament. We'll find we'll get a, a little bit more 
information on that this Saturday when Kalinowski faces Janine. And if he gets past that match, then obviously things are definitely in motion in terms of him having to play both times at Orlando. I think it's going to be a great match. The five-round format is going to really allow, I think, a team like Founding Fathers to annoy Corruption in a sense. I think Corruption is going to try and pull away a little bit. But speed round, the betting round, I think that can play, can have a huge impact. But until until I see... Well, I'm not going to see anything until Orlando, so there's really no judging there. I mean, it is what it is at this point for Founding Fathers. It is what it is for Corruption. And what it is for Corruption is really damn good. They're playing really great. So that's a little bit of a sidetrack for number four for Founding Fathers on my list. Top five, again teams to not win a title and at number three this team I think had just as much hype as Finding Fathers had maybe a little more so given the time in which they entered the league and that's going to be the Wolves of Steel Mark Riley and Clark Wolf they finished with a record of five and three one knockout one TKO with an accuracy rate of 77.42 percent and earning 73% of their points. And obviously, I think their best win to date, or ever really, in their in their short career, eight, eight matches is not that short, actually. It's pretty long considering how most teams last in the division. But I think that knockout in the team's tournament against late to the party with a score of 29-14 to 14 was absolutely masterful. It was one of the absolute best games a team has ever played in the history of of the team's division. Uh, let's see here. Wolves of Steel, you know, they answered 95, nearly 96% of their questions and earned 94% of their points. Didn't leave a lot on the board. Late to the party just just got walloped in that one. And no one, I don't care who you were that day, they were not going to beat Wolves of Steel. Aside from maybe above the line who they did see in the next round, and had Wolves of Steel beaten them, that I think that would have been their best win in their career. Wolves of Steel is one of my favorite teams because I think Mark Riley and Clark Wolf, in, in which the time that they came in, because that that came out of the decision with Clark Wolf. Remember that where she had to decide between JTE or not, and she opted not to go to JTE, team up with JTE. Out comes Mark Riley, who at that time was one of the, I mean, is the great, one of the greats of the league, but I believe he was the singles champ at the time, or it was just passed after that. Can't remember, kind of funny. That was either Riley or Merle. But he was one of, like, he's like the top two elite player in in the singles division, and Clark, Clark Wolf obviously had made her mark up to that point, having a shot at the singles belt. So I think, yeah, it was just Dan Merle was already title champ. The singles division champ, yeah. So, we have Clark Wolf, the the short resume that she had, but she built up a lot in that short span. You have Mark Riley, just a pioneer in the game and a, and, and a, and a great player at that time and still is a pretty good player. A lot of hype surrounding this. Everyone thought they were going to be champions. Their match against Heroes eh, didn't go so well. Their match against Real Rejects, they didn't go so well, aside from the fact that the Real Rejects were nice guys and gave them 
uh, I think it was was it horror, and that turned around the match for them. And Real Rejects could have beaten the Wolves of Steel, and this thing may never have ever gotten off the ground because eventually they did get a title shot against the Patriots. It's one of the better matches that the Patriots had to play as as a champion. Wolves of Steel, in fact, I think was one of the only might be the one and only team to answer 80% or more of their questions in a match against the Patriots. Not even above the line. Above the line was like it in their two matches, in their two five-round matches that the Iron Man was standing. I think they answered like 72 and 76% against the Patriots. The Patriots, large in part, didn't ever have to answer more than 75% of their questions. Wolves of Steel was their first true test with a so-called super team, if you will, and Patriots passed the test, obviously, uh, but the Patriots had to play their best game that day. They, I think that was actually their best game they ever played in terms of defending the title. But Wolves of Steel made them do that. Wolves of Steel made the Patriots really earn that title uh, or defend that title that time around. But Wolves of Steel definitely, I think, when you look at Mark Riley and Clark Wolf in terms of their first-round consistency, Clark Wolf finished... I think their last four matches, answering seven points in a row for the last four matches in the first round. Riley was no slouch either. He got, I think, he got a perfect round once. I think, which was against late to the party or above the line, one or the other. Interestingly enough, Clark Wolf has never scored a perfect first round in teams or singles. So, uh, quite interesting to see uh, to see that. That never happened for her, which is really astounding because, again, one of the more consistent players of all time when, in regards to first-round play in teams. And and not too bad in singles as well. So, with that, that's number three now. My number two pick. This one was really tough to pick between number one and number two. Both are outstanding teams. Uh, both have a wealth of knowledge or have displayed it in their, in their matches. And I and I kind of used one match that they have in common, not with each other, but a, a teammate, a team that they play, they have in common. How do they fare against each other? And my so my number two is critically acclaimed, uh, record of four and two, all four wins coming via TKO with an accuracy rate of seventy, almost seventy nine percent, earning just about seventy five percent, almost seventy five percent of their points. And their best win would be have to be against the Harris brothers when they scored twenty four to twenty. They answered seventy eight percent of their questions, earning almost eighty three percent of their points. So a fantastic showing. They, from that, they went on to face the Shire Wolves, and then they would lose via was it TKO? I believe they lost. So, which is a bit deceiving. Which is a bit deceiving when when you play so well in that match because in that match between Critically Acclaimed and Shirewolves, Bibiani and Cushing both had a perfect first round. It, it was really just neck and neck, and it kind of fell apart there for uh, Critically Acclaimed in that final round. I mean, they had fought tooth and nail. It was an absolute... Um, just it was a crazy it was a really good match i would definitely go back and watch it again it was not a tko but i think they had trouble they just had trouble in um in that final round i think they i think Charles only had to answer one or 
I think I only had to answer the two-pointer. I could be mistaken. But critically acclaimed, as good as they were, um, you know, some say they had a short-lived run. I mean, the rate at which they would get a match to, con- to compete was was unlike any other team that I've seen, especially a top level team. Look at their four and two, and sure they had that upset loss to them against Leeds of the Party, um, back in that in that tournament, which was crazy. Had that, I mean, had they got past Leeds of the Party, who knows what that tournament would have turned into? Um, it would have been just crazy to see, but that didn't happen, unfortunately. And I think. You know, as we see Bibiani move on from critically acclaimed and join forces with Brendan Meyer to form, to form Shazam, I, I wonder if if Whitney Seibold, who I don't know if this is unfair to say, but I just don't get the feeling that he's as invested as Bibbs was in the game, in the strategy, and all that. I think he cares about winning and losing for sure, but sometimes players. Kind of like top that. I think I, Whitney Seibel kind of falls into that mold of top that. Really good. Really knows their stuff. I think Seibel has more gaps than than Vavita even. Or I think maybe he's on the level of Eric Goldman if you want to make that comparison. But I, I it just would have been interesting to see if Seibel was a little bit more invested in strategy and knowing how it worked. I mean, again, this is very on, very early on in terms of their their run as a team. But uh, I think we got to get to number one here. And if you don't, if you haven't guessed what my number one is, uh, I don't know who you think I would have put in there. Again, top five teams to not win a title. And at number one, it's got to be who's the boss. Has to be who's the boss. They played the Shirewolves in what I think personally is the greatest team title match of all time and they did it as spectacular they did it on the biggest stage possible everyone thought after that oh well we're gonna see who's the boss and Wolves do do battle at least a couple more times that did not happen they lose to the odd couple in chicago and obviously the odd couple go on to dethrone the undefeated Wolves at that time only to lose it but who's the boss? I think everyone thought after that battle at Spectacular, we we're going to see something special. Because who's the boss is something special. I mean, just look at their numbers. They're again four and two, one knockout. They have an accuracy rate of almost eighty percent. That's on par with the Shire Wolves, uh, who ended their career at eighty percent accuracy rate. Their PPE percentage at nearly seventy nine percent. It's pretty crazy. It's actually really, really crazy that this team did not win a title. It's pretty crazy they didn't even beat the Sharwolves as spectacular. It could have happened. It was one of those matches where it could have been either or. When you look at who's the boss through that 2018 tournament run, the numbers that they had coming out of that into the match with the Sharwolves stacked up very, very well with the Sharwolves. In fact, I think, if I remember correctly, some of their numbers were even better than the Sharwolves in terms of performance. Obviously, the level of play, you could argue, a little bit tougher for who's the boss, just given the fact that they're in a tournament. Whereas the Shirewolves, I would also argue, it's a different kind of level of difficulty because had they lost, 
you know, maybe they maybe they do end up in the tournament. Who knows? But had they lost, you know, their title shot, their title run would have been over like that, and then maybe critically acclaimed gets the shot. Who knows? But I think having who's the boss as my number one makes a lot of sense. It's again, like, it was very tough to choose between critically acclaimed and who's the boss. And when you look, I look for a tiebreaker between those two, and I say, well. Who's the Boss played the Shirewolves a lot better than critically, than critically acclaimed played the Shirewolves. And it's not by much, really, because just like I said, is that those fifth round kind of just falling apart there for critically acclaimed, whereas Who's the Boss took it all the way down to the wire as far as you can go. So um, it, it was, again, just one of those, one of the best matches, I think, it is the best match, I believe, in the history of the team division. Uh, it's and 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 for sure there will be plenty more. And you could argue a Patriots above the line match as one of the the best of all time. But uh, I, I just who's the boss, man? I, I, and now they're in the tournament this year. I'm excited to see what they could do. I think they kind of have a favorable route, somewhat. So, but you never know what could happen. Um, it, it's going to be fun to see those matches in about a month or so i think we're gonna get to those but that's my top five teams to never win a title again at number five top that number four founding fathers number three wolves of steel number two critically acclaimed and number one who's the boss those are my top five and you want to actually real quick um it's interesting that Mark Riley has two teams here, in my estimation, in the top five teams to not win the title with Wolves of Steel and Who's the Boss. Uh, I think Mark Riley, I know, I know everyone says that, that Jeff Snyder is the best team player of all time, and rightfully so, but Mark Riley, I'm telling you, if he, if he can get his hands on a belt, I mean, his, knee, his name shoots at a, is in the top five, because I still think I would go Snyder, Clark Wolf, Rachel Cushing, maybe uh, maybe Drew McQueenie is in there. And then you got to end up throwing Mark Riley up near the top as one of the greatest teammates of all time. Just the fact that he's been on two amazing teams. Uh, unfortunately, not getting not getting the the title, but I think it's just it, it's a testament to um, Mark Riley's ability to collaborate with either Clark Wolf or Ben Bateman. Obviously, I mean, those are two different styles of, uh, of play, two different personalities he's dealing with, and he's he's been able to, to mesh with both, seemingly. So it, it, I'm, I'm excited to see what Who's the Boss can do this year as, as really the best team to really never win a title yet. And could it be the year? They're the only team that's beaten corruption so far, and that's what I have as their best win. They won twenty-eight to twenty-six, and in that match, they who's the boss answered eighty-four percent, earning ninety-three percent of their questions. So, if who's the boss were to win the tournament and had to face corruption and spectacular, it would be insane. For the, first of all, who's the boss would win the the tournament in back-to-back years. And play it spectacular in back-to-back years. So it'd be fascinating to see. I kind of hope it happens, but we got to see what corruption in Pony's Fathers first. And you know, I, I think it, it could be 
This could be a really wacky uh, tournament this year. And I would like to see Shazam in the final. If we're talking about the team tournament now. Uh, let's see Shazam. Although I think Time Machine could do a lot of damage as well. With Janine and Ethan Irwin. That's going to be a fun duo. Um, but I think who's the boss? For sure. And then who else we got? Um, who else we have in that tournament that I think... You know, we'll see what happens with, you know, loose cans with Paul Young and Zipper and Crimson Fury. Two young teams. Interesting to see if one of those could go on a run. Uh, it's, but I think on that, on the other side of the bracket, I don't have it in front of me. I think it's going to be, Shazam could, man, Shazam is one of those teams that I just think, oh man, it could do it. And then if Brendan Meyer in singles goes on a run or Bibiani in singles goes on a run, could be very, very interesting, but... Uh, oh, n next week! We're going to give a pretty fun show, because it's going to have to deal with the nuke, and which will be announced this Saturday. So, next week, uh, I'm going to touch on that a little bit. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we'll see you then. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's Nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's K-N-I-X dot com.